part of that. Another quick one, just please, please, just a reminder, just due to COVID regulations and everything, we please encourage you to register at the church. Um, I know it's a tedious process at times, but it makes it important for us to make sure that we can, we are putting everybody in, uh, and we know what we need to do for future. If you're not getting a link in your email, uh, please speak to someone at the info table. They'll, they'll make sure that we get that link throughout the week. Because the link generally goes out around a Tuesday, so if you're not receiving it, please make sure that you chat to us and we'll sort that out for you. Fantastic. I just want to share something quickly, and then we'll move on. Um, it's part of worship, and, and I think this, this morning has just been so... How long has morning just been so amazing so far? Really good. And I was thinking about how sometimes I think if... Any of you of us have lived any kind of life, and I'm sure we have the one thing that we can we can be sure of is that we can't can probably be well aware that we can't put our trust in our economy. It's the truth. We can't put our trust in our employer. We can definitely not put our trust in our bank account. Um, but because one moment all is well, the next moment it's not. But the one thing, the one thing that remains constant faithfulness of God. The Come truth. On, God is faithful. God will never fail us. Uh, I'm a testament of the fact that he has never failed me. Yes. Um, and and when we think about that, and sometimes when we think about just certain things about how faithful God is, you know, how he dresses the, the birds, the lilies, and everything the scripture says, you know, how he feeds the birds, and then yet we worry and stress about things that we can't pray like God says, you know. So, I just as we as we move along today, I want to speak about just how because of God's faithfulness and because of who He is, and we just saying He's a waymaker. And sometimes we want to hold back on our giving, or hold back on our tithing, because we think, man, there's a lot more months left than <laughs> what's in my bank account. And all of God is saying is, I am the waymaker. I will make a way, even when you think there is no way, even when you think eh, there's three weeks left of the month. And this doesn't look great. God says, trust me. Trust me and see how good I am and how faithful I am. So this morning, I'm going to pray for our giving. And we're not, we're not going to have the ushers come around. So those, there's some white envelopes on your seat. Uh, if, you, if you are giving uh, physically, you can put that in there and again drop that off before you leave. Uh, otherwise, I know a lot of you guess uh, by ESP and that's great. So I'm just going to pray um, and then we'll move before we move on. Father, I thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you for just everything that you have done for us. Thank you that you are the, our way maker and that you always make a way even when it seems bleak, it seems like nothing's happening, it seems like the economy is falling and, our, you know, everything's just going wrong. We can put our faith in you and we put our trust in you. So I pray that even as, as we give this morning, that we'll be mindful of the fact that you are God and that you are faithful and that you will make a way for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome stuff. I would like to welcome up our very own Pastor Carol, who is just going to continue where we started. Um, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Kingdom come, Lord Jesus. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome to church. Calvin was talking about um, God being faithful. You know, I feel a bit strange up here without a mask. I'm like, oh, where's my protection? But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand right here. You know, it's like, like you hated masks at the beginning, but now they become so normal. But um, Calvin was talking about uh, God being faithful. 
and I'm wearing my God is faithful dress. This is, my, this is one of my God is faithful dresses. I have a number of them. And what, what these dresses are, like sometimes, you know, when Andrew and I just, like Andrew says, there's so much money in the bank account and there's so much month left. And I have been passing a shop and seen a dress and I've got, oh my Lord, God, Jesus, please. If there's any way I could have that dress, I'd be so happy. Uh, but there is no money. And, and both, are, both of these accounts that I have, these Jesus dresses I've had, um, went home, spoke to my husband, and he said, sorry, darling, there's just no way we can do that. And then I said, well, look, let's just pray and see if God wants me to have that dress. <laughs> then let us have a miraculous provision of some kind of money that exceeds the amount of the dress. So one of the dresses, after we prayed that, uh, someone, someone, belatedly out of some preach that I did deposited six times the amount of the dress in our uh, bank account this dress wasn't six times the amount but it was more than the amount of the dress and I, so I just want to say he dresses you better than you ever imagined I'm wearing his faithfulness today and you can wear his faithfulness every day he's that good he's that good Lord Jesus I want to pray that as we as we go around your, your word today, I'm asking that you would break through into every life. Lord God, I'm asking for more, for more than just a sermon. I am asking today for an encounter with you. Lord God, I'm praying for an encounter, encounter with the reality of who we are and with the reality of who you are. And Lord God, we would see how you brought those two together in your resurrection. Lord God, I'm asking today that no one would leave here without that encounter. Lord God, I'm asking today that no one would leave here today without seeing, seeing you, experiencing you. Lord, I'm asking a bold, a bold statement. My friend, you are wearing a black shirt. You've got a blue mask on. You are in Carol Swanepoel's row on the end. You've got your hands on your lap. What is your name? done? Did I say that right? That sounds like a soccer player, my friend. <laughs> I'm getting pictures in my mind. Zidane, I hear, the, I hear the Lord saying this to you. I hear him, I hear him saying this. Um, you thought you came to church today out of obligation, but I brought you here today because I have an appointment with you, because I have been watching your life from the moment you were born. I have been orchestrating situations to bring about an encounter between you and me, and I have mapped out a future for you that is filled with good things. You have looked at your future, and you've sometimes bristled against, you've, you, felt, you felt uncomfortable with, with what you thought would be your options. And I hear the Lord saying this, no, my son, for I have created options for you. I have created a reality for you that is so far exceeds your expectations for your own life. And I hear him saying, son, walk with me and see if I won't break open the unbreakable, if I won't make a way where there is no way, where I won't establish you in a way that no human being could do, could do because I have called you, I have chosen you, and I've seen you. I have seen you, and I continue to see you. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. I hope that didn't embarrass you. I hope it embarrassed you. If it embarrassed you, you just come speak to me afterwards. Awesome, awesome.
my friend in the blue dress right, right in front of me. You sat in the right place. It's just right in front of my eyes. I, I, hear, the, I hear the Lord saying this to you, that there's, there's been a long road that has sometimes had very unexpected twists. You were going in one way, and suddenly the road just went the other way, and it was so, it took the wind out of your cells, took the breath out of your lungs. It's like, oh my word, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't know this was here. And it was almost like you felt unprepared. You felt unready for these twists and these turns. And so many of them have happened over and over that you, you almost feel weary. It's like when you step onto the road and want to keep moving, it's like, oh, what will happen next? What's coming now? But I hear the Lord saying, my daughter, every time the road turned, I was there. Every time the road turned, I had your back. I gave you what you need. And do not fear for every step you take from this time forth, I will be with you and I will have what you need for the future. Do not fear. I feel him right now just removing a kind of like a cloak of fear that you have felt just kind of wrap itself around you. And I hear him saying, you're free because I say you're free. And I am making a future for you that is filled with good things. That in fact, even those devastating turns in the road have created in you a strength and resilience that you don't even see. And you are going to be one who's going to see people faltering on the road, who are, be, are weary from the, the, the difficulties and the obstacles they've encountered. And you're going to be able to take their hand and say, come and see the God that I know. For he will, he will strengthen you as he has strengthened me. Amen, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. So we are... We are continuing with our Kingdom Come series, and as, as I go, I'm sorry that I'm doing so much before I speak, but I just feel the Lord leading me to do this, and I, I, want, I want to just honor all the men who sit behind that screen for a moment. Can we do that? Can we give them a hand? You know, every week, every week they stay hidden from you so that you don't see the stress that's going on there, but every week they, they produce something spectacular um, as far as visuals go, as far as the audio goes, they, the, the unseen heroes of the service. So I just really want to thank you guys and honor you. Amen. So kingdom come, kingdom come. We've been talking about the kingdom of God. I said a number of weeks ago, God stepped down from heaven to start a revolution. God stepped down from heaven to start a revolution. Easter is the day that that revolution began. Easter is that day that that revolution began. Can you hear it? It was like it was like the stones could not keep silent. The graves could not keep closed. The heavens couldn't be silent. The curtains in the temple couldn't stay whole. It was like this dynamic explosion as one kingdom hit another. If you had lived at that time, you would have heard the explosion. You would have seen the, the risen people walking through the streets. You would have heard the thunderclaps. You would have heard the stories. You would have seen the empty grave as the kingdom of God invaded on force and said, mine, this world is mine. These people are mine. This Jesus is me. An invasion. And as Jesus stood up from death, threw off those death clothes, stood before the world and said, death could not hold me down. Good. 
we realized, we realized that everything he said was true. Everything he had done was real. That indeed he was King of kings and Lord of lords. He was above all things. He is the risen God. We realize that when he said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, something that grows and starts small but ends up massive. It's like leaven, a small little bit in a piece of, piece of dough just explodes and fills everything. We realized that this kingdom, this kingdom indeed is that. You can't stop it. You can't hold it back. It's unconquerable. It's invincible. When it gets its hold into something, it does not stop. It does not stop. It does not stop. We saw, as he said, Matthew 13, as he described over and over this kingdom that would come, this kingdom that was near, this kingdom that was at hand. He said that it was like a, a treasure hidden in his field that a man would sell everything to own. We realize as Jesus stands up from the dead that indeed this thing that he carried is so valuable, is so important, is so powerful, it's worth sacrificing everything else because everything else pales in comparison to the beauty, the majesty, the power, the awesomeness, the satisfaction, the glory, the love of what this kingdom Jesus Christ, Lord of all, master and king of a kingdom that will never end, a kingdom that will not fail, that will not fail. Paul wrote, Paul the apostle wrote some years back a letter to a church. It's 1 Corinthians. It wasn't the first Corinthian church. It was the first letter to the Corinthian church. And he wrote it, and right at the end, or just before the end, he starts describing, he starts describing the beginning of this kingdom. He starts describing this invasion. He starts describing how the seed just suddenly exploded into life in the world. And I want to read that to you and unpack it to you today. I'm going to be talking about three things. The mess the message, and the messenger. Not only did I alliterate, I did a whole paragraph, I mean a whole syllable alliteration. Thank you, everyone. The mess, the message, and the messenger. <laughs> and as Andrew is saying in the front here, isn't that marvelous? The mess, the message, and the messenger of the Messiah. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 3 says this. For I delivered to you, Paul speaking, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are, who are most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. 
the mess, the message, and the messenger. Christ died for your sins according to Scripture. We don't like to talk about sin much. You're in a world where everyone gets a prize. You know, you know how it was. Those school awards, everyone got a prize. And maybe you got the prize for the most improved uh, person who could sit well on their chair. I don't know what kind of prize you got. But you know, we live in a world where everyone gets a prize. So it's hard for us to talk about sin because it's like really what we, we try, we try to just make everything look good. Make sure that there's no visible pain. We know there's pain, but we, we just try to kind of project the right image. Make it look like everyone's okay. But we all know that that's not true. We all know that that's not what, what's happening. We live in a beautiful world that has been ravaged by evil. We live in a beautiful world that has been ravaged by evil. You know the beauty of the world. I mean, you, you, you've, you've been around when that father picked up that, that young newborn in his arms and you, and you saw the peace and contentment on that baby's face and the beauty of that picture just thrilled you. You've watched or you felt yourself born in love. And there's beauty and majesty in that. You've seen people do noble deeds. You've stood on the top of a mountaintop and watched the sun rise. I don't know if you get er early enough for that, but if you do, standing on top of the mountaintop, watching the sunrise and, and seeing the absolute sparkling beauty of this world. It's like there's some primordial urge. That means like some ancient urge in all of creation, to produce life, to come alive, to be beautiful. It's like it keeps poking itself up everywhere. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. It's a beautiful world, but it's been ravaged by evil. You've all, you've all been on the other side. I've sat with parents devastated, devastated, as their son's life, just dissipated, was just flowing out of him as he struggled with addiction. I've held the hands of, of children who doctors say you won't live longer than, than a couple more months. We all know the stories of marriages devastated. We have all, all know the picture of the person standing at the robot with that sign in front of them. No food, help. We've seen the effects of a devastated world. On a more global scale, we watch, we watch nations in poverty, we watch wars, we watch children in Mozambique being beheaded. And our hearts cry out, this cannot be. This is not what we want. This is not what we signed up for. This cannot be. We see the beautiful world ravaged by evil. Ravaged by evil. The Bible tells us really clearly where that evil started. It doesn't leave us guessing in any way. It says there was a garden. And God put mankind in that garden. 
And he said, you may eat of any tree that is here in the garden, except for that one tree, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It sounds innocuous. It's, I mean, it's a tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, knowing good and evil, what's the problem with that? And God said, don't eat of it because from that moment you will surely die. You will surely die. What was God saying? God was saying, I give you every kind of freedom, every kind of freedom except for this one. Mankind may not decide for himself what is right and what is wrong. My friends, when we think of sin, it goes something like this. Oh, my word. At least I haven't murdered millions of people like Hitler. I'm not so bad. You know, we think of sin as what the other people do down the road in, qu in silence or in secret. You know, the things that come out in the newspaper, the corruption, the, the murders, the gender-based violence. We, we, think, we think of those things. But sin at its root is so much more than that. Sin at its root is this. It's when you, me, the people around us decide that we are the masters of our own destiny, that we ourselves will decide what's right and wrong. We create for ourselves a box. Can you see it here? This box. We create for ourselves a box, and that is goodness. We decide what goes in there. Everything in there is good. It's quite a flexible box. It starts off something like, all lying is wrong. There is no lying in this box. When we encounter life and the idealism wears off, suddenly we are like, okay, well, <laughs> lying to stop someone getting hurt, okay. So we can put that in the box. Then a little way down the line, it goes, oh my gosh, lying to protect yourself, that's also okay, because I did that last week. So I'm changing, I'm flexing the box a little bit. The, block, the box pretty much fits around us. Until eventually it's like, okay, well, lying, it's okay. It's not, not so bad. We can put lie. You know, lie, lying will fit in the goodness box. But here's the thing. We have this box that we create. And we say, that's what goodness looks like. Excuse me, that's what goodness looks like. And then we say to God, you fit into my box. Anything you do that is outside of my box or doesn't fit into my box, in other words, any goodness that doesn't work for me, my God, then you couldn't be good. Then you couldn't be good. And you know what? You know what? Goodness is not defined by humanity. This is what we have to understand. Goodness is not defined by your experience. It's not defined by what feels good for you. It's not even defined by your emotions. Goodness is defined by who God is. God is good. Everything that is God is good. Anything that is not God is not good, is evil. Where did evil come from? Have you ever asked that question? In your dark moments, You've never voiced it, but you've all asked it. Where did evil come from? Evil came when Adam said, I don't want to be united to God anymore. 
I'm going to do it my way. And he stepped out of union with God. God didn't create evil. You, me, the people around us, we create it new every day, any moment we step out of God and try to run our lives our way, saying, I will be an autonomous human being doing what I feel is right. At that moment, evil is invented in you. God didn't create evil. Anytime, any being, whether human, angel, whatever, steps out of God's presence and says, I will be my own person. At that moment, evil comes into existence in them. That's where evil comes from. And mankind decided they would be autonomous and they would live alone and they would be masters of their own destiny. And in that moment, as the the delegators, rulers of the earth, they pulled all of creation into a cataclysmic pit that we all see around us. A beautiful world devastated by evil. But it's very easy for us to point a finger at Adam and Eve and say, what were you thinking? You know that when you get to heaven, you're going to take Adam by the shoulders and shake that man. But it's very easy to point your fingers. But I hear people, I hear myself, eating deliciously from that fruit time and time and time again. Where was God when that war was happening? (laughs) I'm not so bad. I'm not as bad as my neighbor who beats his wife. Can you see me making a standard of right and wrong and demanding that everyone else fit into it? Living an autonomous life, I am the maker of my own rules and my own understanding of right and wrong. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. You see, the mess is that there's a beautiful world ravaged by evil, but the mess deepens as our world has been ravaged by our sin. Our world, the world you live in, has been ravaged by our sin. Your world has been ravaged by your sin. We've been eating of that fruit from the inception of time. So that's the mess. Luckily, it gets better from there. (laughs) Everyone's like breathing a sigh of relief. There's got to be something. There's got to be a message. There's got to be good news. There's got to be a gospel. And that is where Jesus Christ comes in. Because into this beautiful world, God stepped down to start a revolution. He stepped into this beautiful world to start a revolution, to rescue his creation. We're going to jump two slides. Thank you, Dave. The message. The message that his resurrection brought. Remember, Paul says he died for our sins according to Scripture. Then he says he was buried and he was raised from the dead according to Scripture. The message is this. Jesus is Lord. It's that simple. 
It's that simple. When I stand and say Jesus is Lord, I take that apple or that pear or that orange, whatever that fruit was, out of my pocket and I hand it to him. I say, you choose what's right and wrong and I'll submit to that. Jesus is Lord is the ultimate statement of me giving the fruit back. (laughs) Saying it's not mine, it's yours. Jesus is Lord He defeated sin and the devil and set things right. He defeated sin. How did he do that? How did Jesus Christ defeat sin? It's coming up right there on the screen. There it is, Philippians 2 verse 8. And it says this, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself and became obedient. Remember we have been saying this, that As a man empowered by the Spirit, Jesus won. What does that mean? It's when God stepped down onto earth, Jesus came as 100% God, but he chose to live this life 100% man. Not not bringing his God privileges to bear. He could have at any moment, but he chose not to. As a man, he was obedient. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. What was he obedient to? He was obedient to his heavenly father. Every minute he walked on this earth, he was hearing his father. He was doing what his father said. Not for one minute did he choose to pick that fruit. He said, I will not determine for myself what is right and wrong. I will listen to my father as a man. I will hear what he has to say every step, everywhere I go. I will stay in union with him. I will never become an autonomous being. I will remain obedient. Here's a wild thing. When the Bible talks about Jesus being raised from the dead. It never says he rose from the dead. Go and look. It says he was raised from the dead. Listen to this. He stayed dead until God said otherwise. He hung on that cross. He refused to take matters into his own hands. He refused to call down the angels. He refused to bad mouth the the people around us. Even at his trial, he refused to accuse anyone. He refused point plank to pick that fruit. He said, I will do what Adam did not do. And I will do it under the worst circumstances. The devil throw anything at me. I'm going to walk as Adam should have walked. I'm going to walk as Judith should have walked. I'm going to walk as Jean-Luc should have walked. I'm going to walk their lives for them. Not taking from that tree. And when he hung on that cross, he he refused to take matters into his own hands. When he died, he waited. He waited. He waited until the Holy Spirit came and breathed into him. And he rose, roaring like the Lion of Judah, standing up, speaking, This world is mine. I have won it. As a man, I took back the victory. As a man, I did what no man could do. I stand here as the ultimate man, ruler of this earth. Risen, powerful, in charge. Jesus is Lord. He defeated sin and he defeated the devil. Listen to me. How did he defeat the devil? Colossians 2.15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. 
the wild thing about us eating that fruit is when we eat that fruit and we say this is right and that's wrong, you know what? The devil who ate that fruit himself many years before comes and stands next to us and says, oh, that's so great. You're so right. You're so hard done by. Let me help you. And we say, yes, help me, show me a way to cheat my way through this. And he obliges. And at the same time, he says, and as you follow my ways, I am just going to very subtly become your Lord. I'm just going to put my arm around you, and before you know it, you are bound in deception, in pain, in anger, in heartache, in hatred, and he owns you. But you see, Jesus, he hung on the cross and he said, come, come try and own me. Come try. When, when he went down to death, he was saying to the devil, do your best. See if you can find one thing in me that will allow you to have a hold on me. Try. Go for it. He absolutely abandoned himself. And here's the thing. He looked at the mass of humanity. And he said this. Devil, you own those people. I see. They, they gave you the right to their lives. Many times. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to make a trade. Take me and let them go. Take me and let them go. He ransomed you with his own life. He paid for you with his own life. Here's the wild thing. Even if you sin now, you bought. My friends, it's wild. It's, it's God could be that good. He, he, he broke the power of sin by saying these people are not their own. They can't sell their lives. I bought them. You can't sell your life to the devil anymore because Jesus owns you. Man, we try. We try really hard. <laughs> but you can't do it. Because why? Jesus beat the devil at his own game. Hold me down. He said, try. I'm just going to lie here. You do your best. But when the Holy Spirit breathes, I'm not accountable for what happens. And when the Holy Spirit breathed into him and he came roaring out of that grave, the devil went screaming a thousand ways. Sin, death, destruction, bondage is broken forever. And we are no longer our own, but we belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The message. Jesus is Lord. He defeated sin and the devil and set things right by giving us back what we had lost. We're going to jump through that next scripture. Thank you. The messenger. Remember he said he had appeared. He had appeared to Cephas. He appeared to the disciples, he appeared to 500 people, and last of all, appeared to James, and he appeared to Paul himself. And here's the thing, is that those men became the messengers of this good news. They went to tell their neighbors, their friends, oh my word, Jesus has done this. You do not have to live under that bondage anymore. You do not have to live far from God anymore. You can be reunited to God. You can come home again. You can come home again. 
you can come home again. And there's a way in which, in this message, if you've never heard this before, Jesus Christ is appearing to you. And the power of his appearing is this, that he changes you. That he doesn't leave you the same. He takes you from being far from him, brings you close. And what we lost when we ate that fruit, he returns. What is that? He returns connection to him. He, re he returns union with God to us. He makes us one with our heavenly father once more. The life that is the eternal life that created this universe now flows through us. There is a confidence, a life, a blessing that comes to us. Now we have what we did not deserve. He hands to us that life he lived, that obedience he lived and said, here, this is your life. You are now crowned with righteousness. When the devil tries to come to you and steal from you, you simply say, no, I'm Jesus. This is my life. Obedience unto death. This is who I am. Restored. Restored to what I was always meant to be. Restored to what I was always meant to be. And we become messengers of this very thing. Messengers of this very thing. You know, some years ago, I was talking to a mother, and she was talking to me about this, that, that story I said right at the beginning of being with parents whose, whose son's life was just being stripped from him through addiction to recreational drugs. And I was sitting with her, and she, she said this to me. She said, you know, I, I walk past... I walk past people on the street, people, homeless people, people clearly battling with addictions, battling with mental um, problems, battling, battling to just hold their lives together. And every time I look into their faces, I see my son. Because, because that he could be that person. This addiction was, was pulling him away onto the streets and the mom's saying, that could be my son. That could be my son. And I thought this. If my son were out there on the street, separated from the life of his family, from the love he was meant to live in, if you met him, what would I want you to say to him? If your son, if your brother, if your sister was separated from the life of God, out there alone, his, his or her life just being stripped from him or her, what would you want me to say to them when I pass them? I know what I would want you to say. I'd want you to say, come home, all is forgiven. There's a place for you. Mom and dad love you. Come home. Come home. And this is the message, message we carry. It's as simple as that. Jesus is Lord. He's conquered sin and death. He's conquered every problem you face. He's, he's done away with what separates you from the life that you crave. Come home. There's a God who's forgiven you. There's a place waiting for you at the table. There's a place waiting for you at the table.
so Lord Jesus we come before you and we are asking first of all I want to ask for people in here Lord there's some people here that you know your life is governed by that fruit your life is governed by the the thought that you're in charge you determine for yourself what your future will be and where you will go and what you're doing and what's right and what's wrong and you're judging not only yourself but everyone around you by that standard and right now Jesus is saying to you will you give the fruit back will you give it back to me it's not yours to carry One of the things that I didn't say, but I think it's so important. So as we're in this moment of prayer, I'm just going to say it. Just hear it from the place of prayer. But any standard you could raise of right and wrong in your own thinking pales in comparison to the goodness of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our view of right and wrong is not glorious. It's just ordinary. But there is glory there is glory for you. As we hand back that fruit and we say, God, Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord, I submit to you again. I come back into fellowship. I receive what you did. I received the gift of righteousness. I received the fact that you would mark my life as lived by Jesus. And the righteousness that you won by being obedient even to death on the cross would become my righteousness. I would be a changed person by the power of what you've done. And if there's anyone here and, and you feel like you would like to do that, maybe you've made a commitment to Jesus, but you just didn't understand it before. You were just doing what your mom thought you should do. But now you're saying, I, I, I want to stand in a true and full commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, understanding that it means that I'm surrendering my life to his lordship. That he did what I could not do. He lived the life I could not live. And he gives it to me as a gift. And if there's anyone here and you would like to do that, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind raising your hand. If there's anyone here and you would like to do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give you some time because sometimes there's a bit of a wrestle in your heart. Thank you, Father. 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 And then, if you didn't want to put up your hand and you felt but gosh, I just do want to make that commitment. I'm going to ask you to take that little slip that's on your chair and you can just write in there that you want to know more about Jesus. And we will call you and help you with that. But for everyone here who's already made a commitment to Jesus, I want us to just take a moment to worship him. Can we do that? Can we all stand? Can we say thank you? Can we say thank you in your own words? In your own way, can we just thank him? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just out of your mouth, 
You just say what you need to say. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we come before you and we, we want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you. We want to thank you that you went before us and you made a way for us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Right now I'm asking that as you before him, you would, you would make this commitment. Lord, I want to be a messenger of what you've done. Lord God, I want my life and my words to proclaim Jesus is Lord. I want to steadfastly resist to eat of that fruit and to only eat of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, of the full consecration of my life to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There are some people here that you, you are battling with some chronic illnesses. I felt like Jesus said that he wanted to show the power of his resurrection and he wanted to heal you. So I'm going to just, if you are here and you are battling in any way with any kind of chronic illness, I would love you to raise your hand right now. I feel like there's a power of God ready to come and break that. I feel like he said he would confirm his word with signs and wonders this morning. So if that's you, just raise your hand high. I would love the ministry team to just go and lay their hands on their back. Thank you, Lord. 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 Right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we speak to these chronic illnesses and we say no more, no more, no more, no more, no more. Ha. Lord God, we just declare, we just declare right now, we just declare right now, right now, that the cross has won it all in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. 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 We can just give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
friends. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. There is a resurrection to prove that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. My friends, go live big. Go live big. Go love loved. Go love loved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ha. Ah, my friends, have a glorious Easter. Don't forget who you are. You're a messenger of a message that is unstoppable. You are the messenger of a kingdom that cannot be conquered. That's who you are. That's who you are. Go have fun. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, you want anything specific, please, please come to the front. Stand um, away from each other, and there'll be ministry teams who will come pray for you. If you're a visitor, love to see you at the visitors' table. We'd love to get to know you. God bless you. Have a glorious, glorious Sunday.